The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. Book Two: The Earth Under the Martians. Chapter Four: The Death of the Curret. It was on the sixth day of our imprisonment that I peeped for the last time and presently found myself alone. Instead of keeping close to me, trying to oust me from the slit, the curate had gone back into the scullery. I struck by a sudden thought, I went back quickly and quietly into the scullery. In the darkness I heard the curate drinking. I snatched in the darkness, my fingers caught a bottle of burgundy. For a few minutes there was a tussle. The bottle struck the floor and broke. I just desisted and rose. We stood panting and fretting each other. In the end, I planted myself between him and the food, told him of my determination to begin a discipline, divided the food in the pantry, the rations to last us ten days. I would not let him eat any more that day. After he made a feeble effort to get at the food, been dozing, but an instant I was awoke. All day and all night he sat, we sat face to face, so weary, but resolute. He is weeping and complaining of his immediate hunger. It was, I know, a night and a day, but to me it seemed, it seems now, in mintable length of time. The cell widened in, incompatibility, ended at least last in open sh- conflict, but after two vast days, struggled in undertones, resting contests. There were times when I beat and kicked him madly, times when I cajoled, persuaded him, and once I tried to bribe him with the last bottle of burgundy, for there was a rain water pump, from which I could get water. But neither false narcotics availed. He was deep beyond reason. He had neither desisted from his attacks on the food, nor from his noisy bubbling to himself, removing precautions to keep our brisbane endurable. He would not observe. So I began to realise the complete overthrow of his intelligence to perceive that my own sole companion in his closest sticky, sickly darkness was a man insane. For certain vague memories, I, have, I am inclined to think my own mind. One at times, as strange and hideous dreams whenever I slept, it seems paradoxical, but I am inclined to think the weakness and sanity of the curate warned me, braced me, and kept me a sane man. On the eighth day, he began to talk aloud instead of whispering, and nothing I do would moderate his speech. It is just, oh God, he would say over and over again, it is just, oh me and mine, it is a punishment laid. His sin we have fallen short. There was poverty, sorrow, the war were trodden in the dust. I held my peace, I preached for preset folly, my Lord. God, what folly, when I should have stood to up, when though I died for it, I called upon them to repent, repent. Oppressors of the poor and needy, a wine press of the guard. Then he suddenly revert to the matter of the food we held for him, praying, begging, weeping, thus threatening. He began to raise his voice, I prayed him not to. He perceived a hold on me. He threatened me, would shout, and bring the masters upon us for a time it's, that scared me. But any concession would have shortened our chance of escape beyond this estimating the fighting, though I felt no assurance he might not do this thing. But that day, anyway, he did not. He talked with his voice rising slowly, rising slowly through the greater part of the eighth and ninth days. Threats and entries mingled a torment of half-sane, always frothy, repentive with his vacant shame of God's service. Touches made me pity him. Then he slept a while, 
began again with renewed strength so loudly that I must knees make him desist. Be still, I implored. So he rose his knees from for he had been sitting in the darkness near the copper. I had been still too long, he said, in a tone that I must have reached the pit, and now I must bear my witness. Woe unto this faithful Christ city. Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the, by, of the other voices of the trumpet. Shut up, I said, rising to my feet, in terror lest the Martians should hear us. For God's sake. Nay, he said the correct, at the top of his voice, standing up likewise, standing his arms, speak, of all the Lord is upon us. He three tried is at the door, leading into the kitchen. I must bear my witness, I go, it has already been too long delayed. I put up my hand and met, felt a beat chopper beat hanging on the wall. The wall. Flash, I was after him, fierce with fear. Before he was halfway across the kitchen, I would have taken him. With one last touch of humanity, I turned the blade back and struck him up with a butt. He went out headlong forward, lay stretched on the ground, and stumbled over him, and stood panting. He was lay still. Suddenly heard a noise without, a run and smash of slippery plaster, triangle of emperor to the wall was darkened. I looked up and saw the lower surface of a handling machine coming slowly against the hole, while its gripping limbs curled amid the debris. Another limb appeared, feeling its way over the burdened beams, as to petrified staring, and I saw through a sort of glass plate near the edge of the body of the face, as we may call it, the large dark eyes of Martian peering, a long metallic snake of a tentacle came feeling slowly through the hole. I turned on the fat, stumbled over the current, and stopped at the scullery door. The tentacle was now some way, two yards or more in the room, twisting and turning with queer sudden movements, this way and that. For a whole while I stood fascinated by that slow, fearful advance. Then with a faint hoarse cry I forced myself across the scullery. I had trembled violently, could scarcely stand upright. I opened the door of the cold cellar. I stood there in the darkness, staring at the faintly lit doorway into the kitchen, listening. The Martian see me? What is he doing now? Tell me he was moving to and fro there very quietly. Every now and then it tapped against the wall, started on its movements with a faint metallic ringing. And the movements of the keys of a split ring, then a heavily body. I knew too well what was dragged across the floor of the kitchen towards the opening. In the rest of attached, I crept to the door and peeped out, peeped in the kitchen, triangle of bright outer sunlight, saw the Martian in it, and in its barracus of a handling machine, scrutinized the crow's head. For once, I would infer my, it would infer my presence for the mark of the blow I had given him. I got back to the coal cellar, shut the door and began to cover myself as much as I could, as noisily as possible, in the darkness among the firewood and coal in therein. Every now and then I pause, rigid, of, to hear if the Martian thrusts tentacles through the opening again. Then the faint medallic jingle returned. I traced it slowly, feeling over the kitchen. Presently I heard it nearer, the scurry as I mid-judged. I thought that its length must be significant, 
reached me, prayed copiously, it passed, scraping faintly across the cellar door. Age almost intolerable suspense intervened, and I heard it fumbling at the latch. It fell on the door. The Martians understood doors. He worried at the catch for a few for a minute, perhaps, and the door opened. Darkness I could see that just see the thing. They even shrunk more than anything else, waving towards me and touching and examining the wall, coals and wood ceiling. It was like a black worm swaying its blind head to and fro. Once even it touched the heel of my boot, I was on the verge of screaming, I bit my hand, but a time the tentacle silent. I could have fancied it would been it had been withdrawn. Presently with an abrupt click he grabbed something I thought it would me had been had me. It seemed to come out of the cellar again for a minute. I was not sure apparently you'd taken a lump of coal to examine. Seized the opportunity slightly shifting my position, which has become cramped, and then listened. I whispered positive passionate prayers for safety. Then I heard a slow, deliberate sound. Creeping towards me, slowly, slowly it drew near, scratching against the walls and tapping the furniture. While I was still doubtful, it rapped smartly against the cellar door. I closed it. I heard it go into the right pantry. The biscuit tins rattled and the bottle smashed. Then came a heavy bump against the cellar door. And silence had passed. Infinity suspense. Had it gone? At last, I decided I had it. It had. Came and scurried no more. I lay all the tenth day in a close darkness, buried among the coals and fire, not daring even to crawl out a drink for which I craved. It was the length day before I ventured so far from my security.